Well, he might not have been Brother Jewel, but he done an awesome job. Didn't he? <laughs> We're so honored today to have Brother Jewel Forney and Brother Isaiah Chisholm with him, and also the church that's many of them represented here today from over Gastonia Way. We're just so happy to have them visiting with us today. Can you imagine what it's going to be when we all gather together? won't have no watches on. You won't have somewhere to be. You will have arrived where you want to be. Nobody be in a rush. Nobody be in a hurry. Nobody won't think the music's a little loud. I thought that was a little bit jivey, didn't you? I thought that was a little bit, you know, Pentecostal. Man, you just thought we was a little bit? Man, we failed somehow. We're so happy to be together today. Lord willing, uh, September the 23rd and the 24th, Brother Tim Burdett and his church is going to come over and be with us. You see, this is one thing we could not do over at our other church for years and years and years. So now we can do it, and we're going to enjoy it. Amen. So you're welcome, of course, to come and be with us if, you, uh, if you'd like to, September 23rd and 24th, which is Saturday night and Sunday morning. We just come expecting the Lord to, to speak to us and deal with us. And I told them maybe Saturday night they can sing a lot, and I told them maybe he could preach, but we're still kind of in, in that stage. He don't want to, and I want him to, and he wants me to, and I don't want to, so we're still in the want to and not want to. So I guess we'll see who wins out. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn to First Peter today, if you would, chapter 4, verse 12. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm sure you already know it, but there are no people like the people of God. There are no people on the earth like the people of God. What a privilege it is to be able to rub shoulders with the people of God. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. As we just heard that awesome song, won't it be a time whenever we get there? But we all know there's a lot of hard things to go through before we get there. Our brother Joel, maybe some of you don't know, he had another stroke just not too many days ago and just got out of, out of rehab this, this week. And uh, we just want to remember our brother, that the Lord will be with him and continue to strengthen him and bring him back for a complete restoration. That's what our God does, don't he? Last Sunday morning, whenever we had the service, and at the end of the service, I was praying for people and just my inspiration spoke and said God could move for diabetes. Brother Brad Gilbert was sitting there, been dealing with diabetes for several years, uh, blurred vision, not been able to see. And whenever those words were spoken, the Holy Ghost just come over him like a warm feeling, he said, and the blurred vision left him. That's our God. Hallelujah. Today might be your day. Today might be my daughter Erica's day. Shows how quick the angel of the Lord can come through, huh? Amen. I got a call from a young man, uh, from his uncle first and then from him. He and I talked together and the Lord was so dealing with his heart. Brother Reed Ball, is he here today? I think somebody told me that he was here. Where's he at? Raise your hand there, buddy. Praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> 
said he'd been praying, talking to the Lord, and the Lord had been dealing with said, I want to be baptized. I said, well, how soon? He said, as soon as I can. I said, well, I'll check and see if there's water in the baptistry, and there wasn't no water. So I said, well, we'll go to a creek, a lake, a pond. What do we have to do? Brother Dave Swanson was there at the house with me. I got off the phone. He said, you've got a swimming pool over the hill. I said, oh, how come I didn't think of that? So I called him back. I've cleaned up that swimming pool a lot of times with my grandkids. I blowed the dust and picked up the leaves and this and that. But Brother Ken Ball told me probably that swimming pool was made for this very purpose right here. So we took him down there and baptized him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I say when the water's trouble, get in. God bless you. Let's read together. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. The word fiery, a burning, the burning by which metals are roasted and reduced. By figure drawn from a refiner's fire. Calamities or trials that test the character. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. I don't know about you. I still need help with that part. Anybody else need help to be able to rejoice when you're right in the middle of the fire? Rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. And this is why. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. But if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. How many would like to be remembered today as we pray? You have a prayer request in your heart? All right, let's just go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, your children as we're gathered here today, Lord, it's such an awesome time. Here we are in the darkest age the world has ever known. Our world is groping in insanity. Our nation is gone. Politics is gone. But Lord God, we're so grateful that we have a stable place that we can be anchored. That's in Christ Jesus. We're so thankful today that we've been given this opportunity. Lord, we're so blessed that Brother Jewel, the church, would come to be with us today. Any other visitors that are with us? Now, Father, we come to the breaking of the bread, and we're asking that you would come and take the bread and break it. May we be when the service is over like those on the way to Emmaus, that whenever they had sat with you at the table, and you broke the bread, and then you vanished out of their sight, and they knew it was you by the way you broke the bread. So may we also know when this service is over that it wasn't a preacher, wasn't a singer, it wasn't a musician, but once again, the Lord Jesus come among us and broke the bread in a way that we needed it. Father, you see this prayer cross in my hand today, Lord. I'm asking you, Father, for this young man that has hurt his shoulder. In the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God move for him, bring complete deliverance. Lord, I know being the pastor here today, there's many sick Father, viruses, bugs, all kinds of things that are going around. But I pray in the name of Jesus, may the sick be healed. May those that are bound be delivered. May we leave this place today free. 
in Christ Jesus. For it's in his name we ask it. And the church said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I've been serving the Lord for most of my life. As many of you know, Carol and I just turned 67 a few weeks back. I've been serving him since I was 12. Been preaching since I was 18. I preached in many foreign nations and different tongues have to have interpreters to help you and all that sort of thing, different continents of the world that the Lord has helped me to be able to go into. But the more I find out about God, the more I realize how little I do understand and know about Him. Because His ways are so different than our ways. How He loves to let His people get in a very difficult spot so that He can come on the scene and be able to move for them. We don't always understand how that God will choose to display His greatness. Sometimes it's opening a Red Sea. Sometimes it's causing gigantic walls to fall down flat. Other times He would take hornets and send them hornets before the armies of God and they would destroy the enemy. Another time he decided to send angels down with adjustable wrenches or sockets, whichever they used, and caused all the chariot wheels to come off of some chariots and they found themselves in the bottom of the sea with no wheels on the chariots. Now that's a bad place to find yourself in. But the only way he could get glory out of that situation was that his children had to be on that Red Sea for him to deliver them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he chose to prove that he had power over the fire. But in order to do that, he had to let some kids of his be thrown into that furnace that had been heated seven times hotter than it ever had been hit before. And God's way of doing that, we can find it all through the Old Testament and the New, and I'm sure that many of you here today are witnesses that he's done the same thing in your life. How many is a witness of that? That God will let you get in such a difficult spot and you're wondering, Lord, what am I doing in this place? Do you really love me? Do you really care? Why am I here? Which is, of course, why Peter felt to write this and to phrase it this way. Beloved, think it not a strange thing when you find yourself in such a dilemma that you don't know what to do and you say, what am I doing here as a child of God? Now we tend to think, well, you know, it's only the sinners, it's the unrighteous. It's the people that don't love the Lord and serve him that find themselves in such calamities. But that's not the truth. The people of God find themselves in calamities. The people of God find themselves many times in such a strait that they actually don't know what to do and they don't know which way to go, and it seems as if though if they look here, there's the Red Sea. Now, you know, whenever you and I think about God being a mighty general and how that God would lead his people down to the Red Sea, and God could have chosen any direction to send them, but yet he knew that there was this narrow passage. I saw a video of it not long ago on YouTube and they think they found the original place where they come down through there. And when you look at it, you can see that it's a perfect trap because there's mountains on this side, mountains on that side that you cannot compass. There's only a, an opening 
kind of in between those, a pass that they could be able to go through. Before them is the sea. Behind them is Pharaoh's army. And it looked like that God made a terrible decision that God being this mighty, mighty captain would lead his people in such a position. But God had to get them there first before he could prove what a deliverer that he was. They looked behind them, there was Pharaoh's army. They look here, there's mountains straight up like this. They look to the right, mountains straight up like this. In front of them was the Red Sea. What's God gonna do? Roll back the Red Sea and let them walk through on dry ground. Maybe you're sitting here today and your life seems as if though there's mountains all around you and there's no way to go. Maybe you're so bound by habits and things of the world and you've tried all sorts of things. Maybe you've tried to break this habit or that habit and you've tried your best and God knows that you have tried your best and you've fallen flat on your face. And it seems as if though there's no way out. But let me sound a trumpet to you today. Our God is right here present this morning and he's here to move for you. Now we've not gathered here today that we can see what each one of us wore, that's all right, but let's move beyond that. It's not Easter so nobody has on an Easter bonnet. We don't pass out rabbits and eggs and all that sort of thing here. But we're not here together to look at one another. We're not here to try to impress one another. I don't know about you, I have needs today in the presence of God. I'm walking in a place I've never been before. If you come to play church today, you might as well leave now because you're at the wrong house. We've come today because there's folks that need to be healed. There's folks that need to be delivered. There's folks that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's folks that need to be sanctified by the power of God. There's Holy Ghost filled people that need a refilling of what they've already got. Maybe there's some here today that needs an old fashioned stirring of the real baptism of the Holy Ghost. Anybody gonna preach with me today? I believe that even though the pressure is against the people of God and the hour is dark, we are living in the most blessed age that any people could ever live in. Our God is moving in a mighty way. Come on somebody and say amen. He's healing the sick. We seen him just a few weeks ago raise the dead right back there. Amen, that's the God I'm talking about. We're not serving a creed, we're not serving an idol. We're not serving a man-made imagination of someone. We are serving him who said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am the beginning. Come on, church. Let's have church today. He was Abraham's mighty God. He was Joshua's wall defender. He was Jeremiah's help in the time of trouble. He was Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of the wheel. He was John the Baptist's answer to prophecy. He was Habakkuk's desire to the nation. He was, oh hallelujah, he was the mighty one that appeared, oh glory to God, when Abraham did not know which way to go, when Moses was on the backside of the desert and he needed an answer, he was the I am, that I am, that appeared in the burning bush. Well, let me tell you today, he's not only a God of
of history. That he was my God when I needed a savior. He was my God when I needed a greater understanding of the Godhead. He was my God whenever I was so low. Come on, children. Has he been your God to heal you? Has he been your God to save you? Has he been your God? Not only that, he's fixing to be our God, which is going to take us out of this world in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I'm going to need a rapture before long. I'm going to need the power of God to change my body. The same one that saved me, the same one that healed me, is fixing to be the same one that's going to change us. That's when he loves to prove himself. The prophet said it this way in those crucial, crucifying hours. Listen to those words. Crucial, crucifying hours. Oh my, that we see the resurrection. It's in that time that when God loves to display his grace. How many loves to see him do it? But how many wants to help him do it? Uh, now what happened to all y'all hands? It quit working? Isn't it wonderful when your God restores a person? God heals and God delivers and God brings them out of a fiery furnace. But the problem of it is none of us want to be that person that goes in the furnace. Let Brother Isaiah do it. Let, 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 let Brother Jordan. Let Brother Larry do it. Let somebody else do it. And I'll rejoice with him. No, sometimes God, a trial, and he's got your name wrote all over. I imagine our sister several years ago, whenever the doctor gave her a diagnosis of cancer, it was not the report she wanted to hear. Little did she know, right, sis? Little did she know that God was going to use her. She found favor in his sight. You see, God cannot trust everybody that way. God cannot let terrible things happen to some children because they're babies. They ain't grown up. But I believe God's got some people that are mature Christians and he will let all hell come against them because he's got confidence in them. He has been fellowshipping with them and he knows they believe him when things are good. They believe him when things are bad. They trust him when they got money in the bank. They trust him when they ain't even got no bank. They trust him whenever things are really good weather and they trust him when the wind is blowing, when the wind is a howling and they don't know what to do but God tells the devil, I've got a daughter down there in Louisiana. I've got a daughter down there and the doctor's going to tell her that it's pretty bad. It's cancer. It's this and that and the other and they ain't much hope but what did our God do? He come, hallelujah, as a mighty rushing powerful God and brought complete deliverance to our sister. Here she sits among us today healed by the power of God. I think we ought to praise the Lord for doing such. Hallelujah. Amen. I can't wait till I can stand here and give a testimony to my own daughter when the doctors say there's not much more they can do. They went to Nashville this week and the doctor didn't have a good report, but I'm glad I'm not looking to what the doctor says. I'm not looking to what a scan says. I'm not looking to an MRI or a pet scan. I'm looking to Jehovah God and his word. And he said, 
Look at the difference, one of many, between me and God. I would never let my daughter have cancer. I would never let my daughter have cancer in her liver. Then I would never let it pass to her brain. Never. But that shows what I know. There's going to be somebody that's going to testify that God can save somebody that's lost. That God can redeem somebody that seems past redemption. That God can heal somebody of brain cancer. That God can heal somebody of liver cancer. That God can restore somebody that's had a terrible stroke and the doctor says, well, that's the best you can have. Well, that might be the best they say you can have, but we believe there's another report. And what is that report? Hallelujah. By his stripes, you are already healed by the jewel. In the name of Jesus, that's what we choose to believe. Notice this, in those crucial hours that press us to those sacred sands. Sacred sands. What a a powerful word. Two words together. Sacred sands. And what gets us there? We don't shout our way over. We shout our way out, but we don't shout our way in. We crawl, we're thrown in, we're, you know, however, however he can get us there. In those crucial hours that press us on those sacred sands. It was in the Bible. Remember, no matter how great the distress is, Satan, I want all hell to listen to me today. Satan cannot take your life until God has finished with you. Now the devil may threaten you, I'm gonna do this and that and the other. Don't you listen to that liar, cause that's exactly what it is. He didn't bring you on the earth, he didn't give you life, and he cannot take your life until almighty God is done with you. Somebody say amen. How many knows that our life is brought here, as Brother Benton just saying, we were born to serve God. I was born to torment hell. I was born to make nervous devils nervous. I was born to cast out devils. I was born to baptize. I was born to preach. I was born to lay hands on people and watch the Lord God straighten out their crossed eyes. This I was born for, this I will do. This you were born for to serve Almighty God and this we will do. Satan cannot take your life until God has finished with you. Listen to this, there is nothing can happen to you unless God permits it. There is no evil that can come unless God permits it. And it's for your good. It's some of those good things I don't really enjoy, you know what I mean? It's for 
working that. So you mean even when bad things and evil things will come upon us or come upon our family or upon our church or whatever more, that God permitted that? Yes, now God never done it, but he allowed it. When the enemy will say, I'll do this and that, and God says, you won't do it. You won't do it. Well, let me at him. Go ahead. But before you do it, I'll tell you right now, that's my daughter. That's my son. They believe me. They will trust me. Take everything Job had. Go ahead, smite him. Smite his children. Let his wife turn against him. But God had been fellowshipping with Job. And God testified to the devil and said, I've got a man down there. There ain't nobody like him in all the earth. And the devil said, why, sure, you pet him and you baby him around. God said, no, you go ahead and touch his life, but you cannot be able to do this and that. And God put boundaries on him. So has he done for you and I. He might try you, he might test you, but don't you worry. He's like a dog on a chain. He might jump and lunge at you and slobber at the mouth, but he's got an end to that chain. Amen. That's what I'm waiting for is the end of the chain. And the devil jumps and jerks so hard, he chokes himself to death. Hmm. This is our right as the bride of Christ to rule and reign with Jesus. But we must have a character that will match his Sad part about it is we wasn't born with that. I'm gonna go ahead and describe you. Every one of you are born hogs, lost, blind, wretched, just like me. Even after you got saved, you still didn't have a good character. But God wants a people with character that's gonna be molded. Listen to this, before Abraham could see Elohim, There had to be 25 years of testing. Before the Hebrew children could see the Son of God, they had to go into a fiery furnace. I want you to notice now how the cadence of this runs. Before a great supernatural phenomena happens, something devastating will happen first. Before a great, great, miraculous, supernatural power of God can come, I'm not looking for sickness, I don't think any of you are, but before healing can ever be made manifest, somebody's gonna have to fight sickness. Before there can ever be diseases that are healed, come on somebody, people of God are gonna have to wrestle them, but we will only wrestle them for a season. You imagine the blind man in John chapter nine, whenever the disciples come to Jesus and said, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither, that the glory of God might be made manifest. Wonder how many summers that old guy missed with his family. I wonder how ashamed he was sitting there begging. I wonder how much reproach was brought upon him. He didn't even realize until that very day, it was all for the glory of God. Some of you no doubt have suffered. You went through such difficulty in your life and you're thinking, God, don't you like me? God, have I done something that you don't love me the way you love others? He's gotta have somebody that he can try. He's gotta have somebody that he can test. He's gotta have somebody that he can face hell and he will stand there beside them and say, Satan, back off, back off. That's my son, that's my daughter. You can't go any farther. Stop 
here. Glory. Before Daniel could see an angel, he had to go into the lion's den. Before Job could ever see the resurrection, he had to go in and lose everything he had. But then by a vision. Notice, let us get off the ash heap today with a new vision, with a new power, with a new determination that we see God in his power. We see the resurrection of things coming. How many wants to leave this ash heap? I'll tell you, sometimes I get tired of piled up on the ash heap, don't you? It's all hot and dry. My, there's dust everywhere and memories of this and memories of that. I think we need to rise, some of us, and shake ourselves off and say, I'm sick and tired of this ash heap. By his stripes, I'm healed. I've been waiting on God, waiting on God, waiting on God. I'm gonna rise up and I'm gonna act like I'm already healed. I'm gonna go ahead and say, by his stripes, I'm already delivered, I'm already free, and the devil is alive loser and I am a winner. Oh God, help us. It taken a Gethsemane of drops of blood breaking through his skin. It taken a cruel agony of Calvary before there could come the proof of an eternal God who could raise the dead. It taken a Gethsemane and a Calvary to make an Easter. Would we ever make that equation? Would we ever put them two things together to produce an Easter? A Gethsemane, listen to this, a Gethsemane and a Calvary. So one Gethsemane and one Calvary, one plus one equals a resurrection. Well, they won't teach you that in mass, will they? They won't teach you that in church theology, but this is God's mathematics. So one Gethsemane and one Calvary, and the devil thought one Gethsemane, one Calvary, it means total extermination. This is the only way they can be saved. There's no way if I can kill him, he's totally wiped out. Oh, but I'd love to been down there close to the regions of the lost that day. Whenever they saw him as he died there on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the devil must have no doubt in hell kicked back in his recliner and all the devils come back down and said, oh devil, we got him now. He's the only one that we ever saw walk on water. He's the only one that we ever saw do the miracles and now we have killed him. The kingdom and yours forever. So one of the door keeping demons went to the door. Yes, is Satan home? He is. Who may I say is calling the first and the last? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning. Oh, glory to God, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. Your boss, he's got a guest. Mm. You imagine he walks up and said, Ah, you arrived, did you? Yes, 
My blood is still hot on Calvary. I thought I got you when I killed Moses. I thought I got you when I got the firstborn down in Egypt. And he goes on and on and on. He said, but you never, but now I'm here. Well, now I've killed you. Now I've taken your power. And Jesus reaches over and grabs the keys off of his side. And he turns around and kicks the door of hell. And the prophet said he kicked it so hard, he shook everything in hell off the walls. And as you know, the devil ain't even got the keys to his own house. Now right next door to hell, laid a region called paradise. So it goes over there. Maybe as Abraham comes to the door, he said, my Lord and my God, Sarah! Sarah, it's the same one that come down to our tent that day. You remember that one that told you what you were thinking? It's him. And Ezekiel said, who is it? Who is it? He's trying to jump over the people. Who is it? Oh no, oh no. It's that man I saw in the middle of the wheel. That wheel in the middle of the wheel. What did he do? He come down to set them free. I believe he's right here this morning in Word of Life Church to set you free from lust, from lying, from adultery, whatever it is that's got you bound. One Gethsemane, one Calvary equaled Abraham's freedom. Hallelujah. He was beaten so you could be healed. Why would you let the devil rob you? He was beaten so you could put that alcohol, them drugs, that adultery under your feet forever. You'll never do it by joining a church. You'll never do it by shaking hands with a preacher. But you've got to meet the resurrection himself. And the resurrection comes inside of you. Oh, glory. And then you have one Gethsemane and one Calvary. And that will produce your resurrection. You see, it takes a crucifixion. It takes a crushing of the flower to bring perfume from it. It takes a crushing of a life to get the best out of it that there is. Lord, help us. That's the reason Jesus had to be crushed to bring forth what he was. Listen to this, friend. I want you to just really concentrate on this. He could not stand before the crucifixion and say, all power in heavens and earth is given unto me. You don't find him ever saying that before he died. He could only say it after. Oh, blessed be the Lord God. How many of you have went through terrible trials and you go, yeah, praise the Lord. I know brother so-and-so was delivered of this and delivered of that, but you couldn't really say it for yourself. Now look at my life, Brother Tim Pruitt. There's, there's a few others that I know of. I never smoked, I never drank, I never done any of that. Never was out there in the world and done what many of you have by the grace of God. It took just as much of the mercy of God and the blood of Jesus to save me as it did you. 
So what if everybody come like me? Brother Tim, the same way. Wasn't out there in the world, never drunk, never cussed, never lied, never done any of those things, but yet come to the Lord at a very, very early age. And what if every one of the children of God when we gather around in heaven and every one of us will say, well, Lord, we never drunk, we never smoked, we never got out there in the world to talk. Who was going to testify that God can reach down to the lowest tail? Somebody here today. Somebody here today, and some of you that stream in our service, you'll be able to stand before the Lord Jesus and give a testimony that I cannot give. Come on, somebody. I know he can deliver alcoholics because I've prayed for many of them. I know he can deliver drug addicts because I've prayed for many of them. I know he can be able to do these things, but I don't know it personally the way some of you know it. But some of you can say, glory to God, I was an alcoholic. I smoked cigarettes. I done this or that or the other. But today, I am. I am free. I am free. And whom the Son has made free is free indeed. It will be your testimony and yours and yours and yours mingled in with mine that will have every devil blanketed out. There won't be one left that will not have been conquered. He could have spoke all of his attributes into existence before he ever made a world. Let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. We would have gathered around his throne and we would have worshiped and adored. Oh, great Adonai, Jehovah, Jehovah Elohim. We would have worshiped and praised and adored. And he could have said, I'm a redeemer. But of course, none of you were lost. I'm a healer, but none of you were ever sick. I'm a, I'm a deliverer, but none of you were ever bound. And we would have taken his word for it. But he didn't want it to be that way. You imagine when we gather those that have lived down through all the ages. Glory to God. And we go to testify. Maybe it begin with one of you brothers and sisters back here. Lord, can I testify? Papa, I was lost. And you saved me. I, maybe that little woman at the well will jump up, and jump up and say, Jesus, you remember meeting me? I'm that Samaritan woman at the well. I do remember you, daughter. I do remember you. Yes, yes, yes. You went in and set the city on fire because I set you on fire. I do remember you. You've been married all those times and you've done this or that. She'd just like to stand up. She, I imagine she's going to be one emotional sister of the paradise, wouldn't you? She's going to be one sister that we're going to have a hard time setting down because she was a person that nobody would have nothing to do with. Everybody wrote her off. All the church didn't want nothing to do with her, but Jesus went out of his way to get a hold of this woman. Why? Because her name was on the Lamb's book of life and there was not enough devils in hell to keep the Lord Jesus from going to her. Oh, glory to God. After the crucifixion, he could stand and say, all powers in heaven and earth is given unto me. But what did it do? It taken crucifixion first. It taken the crushing and the disappointing of the apostles when they'd seen their savior, the one they loved, and seen him raised from the dead, from the grave. Now watch the prophet as he relates his own 
experience. When I lost my baby, my little Sharon, and that was one thing that stumbled me. I said, how can that be for good? Maybe some of you standing here today and you've lost a child or a husband or a wife or a loved one and you say, how can that be for my good? My heart is broken. I'll never be the same. How can that be? A few months later when I seen her standing in all the beauty of a young girl speaking to me, standing by the side of that old wagon broken down and I knowed if she would have lived, she might have turned out wrong. God had to take her while she was tender and sweet. I know I'll see her again. I know I shall see her. And I know it beyond any shadow of a doubt. I think of my wife of 22 years old taking merely a girl, a little mother, when the paper's given the headline, young mother of a reverend just died. How my heart bled. I didn't know what to do. But today I know it was all working for my good. I know the life had to be ground and twisted and squeezed to get what was in it out. Boy, am I glad God squeezed him. Oh, I'm not glad for the pain he had to go through. I'm not glad for the pain that Paul had to go through. But am I glad, Brother Joel, he was able to be squeezed out. I would not have Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, Philemon. I would not have all of these books to read, Brother Harvey. We would not have all this encouragement had God not had men of God that he could squeeze and pressure them. Oh my, but he had confidence in them. You say, how can you say that? Because he knew them before the foundation of the world. As he told Jeremiah, before you was ever formed in your mother's womb, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Oh my. Watch how he relates this to himself and to us. There was too much of you in you. Now watch. The paragraph above this, there was too much Branham in there that had to be squeezed out before God could make himself known. There was too much of you in you Wow. So you mean your wife is not your greatest enemy after all? You mean it's not your brother, it's not your husband, it's not your, you know, your next door neighbor? You mean your greatest enemy is actually you and you? Well, that's a hard one, isn't it? That's a hard thing to separate me out of me. Praise the Lord. And notice the way he says that there's too much of you and you till God had to squeeze it out through blessings and all my, giving you overabundance of money and just making you so rich and making, how we wish. God had to squeeze it out through trials and while that squeezing was coming on, it's But after a while, the skies clear back and you see the purpose of God. Then you cry. Notice then you cry. I know my Redeemer liveth and at the last days he'll stand on the earth and though the skin worm destroys this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. These little trials and things are just for a moment and they fade and pass away. They're only done for our good. Let's remember that, that God would get glory. Turn with me to Romans chapter eight, verse 17. Paul introduces a very strange thing. It has been called the hurts and the hallelujahs. The hurts and the hallelujahs. 
And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Notice Romans 8, 17 introduces us to two important biblical ideas, suffering and glory. Suffering and glory, or the hurts and the hallelujahs. This verse begins appropriately with the glory, of course. And if children, then heirs. Oh my, who wouldn't wanna be told that? If children, then heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ. Boy, don't God know how to be able to get our attention. He'll go to baby and us and hallelujah, honey, I love you so much and you're just my little youngin and you're my little boy and my little girl. I died for you and I love you and then he lets you have it. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If so be, we suffer with it. Now, notice what he done. He put the hallelujah first. And then he put the hurt right in the middle of it and scrunched it together. Don't worry, he hallelujahizes the rest of the end of the verse here because he knows we need it. Most of us need two hallelujahs for every one trial that we go through. Sometimes it depends on the length of the trial. We might need 200 hallelujahs. But the Lord knows exactly what we need. And the church said, if children then heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ, if so be that we suffer with him. Watch that, he just stays in there for just a little bit, Brother Levi, just a little bit. If we suffer with him, now we go back to the hallelujah, that we may also be glorified together in the saints. Say, oh, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. We say, oh, heirs of God, amen, amen, brother. Now you're talking my language, heirs of God and joint heirs of God. Yes, sir, that's me. Until we come to that part, if so be that we are heirs, that we suffer. I don't have to say that more. I was enjoying his sermon so much till he said that. If you get a revelation on this today, it'll help you enjoy my sermon even better. <laughs> you see the first profound statement, we're children of God and heirs. Wow, heirs. You know, like John Paul Getty was your uncle or something. You know, the Amazon guy, you found out that you was distant relate to him and he's gonna go ahead and give you part of his inheritance now. One of the greatest, richest men in all the world. That's a lie. I'm way richer than the Amazon Bezos guy. My goodness, I've got eternal life, I've got peace, I've got joy, I've got happiness. That man ain't got nothing but a bunch of kingdom and an Amazon kingdom at that, which ain't gonna last very much longer know how because the end of all things is at hand. When there ain't no more Jeff Bezos, I still will be. When there is no more devil, you still will be. When there is no more sickness, you still will be, brother, sister. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You see, the weight of the saint's cross is not even comparable to the glory they'll have at that day. It can seem so heavy now and so difficult. You see, even creation is groaning for the freedom from sin. 
Already we can look around in our beautiful hills and mountains here of Tennessee. Just this week I've noticed a sugar maple on a street in our, our subdivision. Just this week it has changed from such a beautiful green. Now a red is already coming for us. Before you know it, we look around in the yellows and the oranges and the reds and the trees. And then before you know it, there won't be none. We'll look across the mountains and we'll say, what happened to it? Their glory is but a fading moment. And it's gone. We enjoy them for several months during the summer. How beautiful they are. And people come to Gatlinburg, they come to Pigeon Forge, they come from everywhere to see what? The turning of the color of the leaves. But you and I know it's a sign of death. And it won't be too much longer, there won't be no leaves left, they'll be totally gone. That's the seasons of our life. We go through those times and everything is so green and so beautiful and then all of a sudden the leaf will turn. Oh, you imagine how Brother Jewel felt the other day just on Sundays, Brother Isaiah was telling me and that after the service and this stroke hit Brother Jewel and they thought he was kind of asleep, but he wasn't asleep. Sister Vanessa come up and there was a nurse there at the restaurant where they were, thank God they were. And then another one come up and they were able to rush him to the hospital and able to be able to move for our brother. Don't we thank God for that today? Do you think he wanted that to happen to him? But I believe our God has a greater phase of glory that he wants to reveal and how does he reveal it? Through the fading of the leaves, through the tests and the trials of life. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Oh, children, we don't want to deny him, do we? We will reign with him. If we what? Jump, shout, dance? I believe in all that. You'll never find one scripture identifying those who reign with Christ as being those who jump or shout or even speak with tongues. And yet we believe in all of the above. But the identification is always the same. Suffering, persecution, difficult, submitting your life to God and say, God, here I am. If God was handing out the gift of miracles in the Word of Life Church today, how many would want it? Speaking in tongues, signs, wonders, how many preachers would want it? None of you raising your hands because you ain't been honest. But if God was handing out diverse kinds of tongues and miracles and all kinds of things, how many of us would want it? The majority of us would. But if God said, I need somebody that I can prove I'm a healer of cancer. God said, I need somebody that I can prove I can stop a heart attack. God can say, I need somebody that I can straighten out crossed eyes. You wouldn't find me the first in line with that. I like mine the way they are. They ain't pretty, but they're mine. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't volunteer for cancer. I wouldn't volunteer none of my church folks. I certainly wouldn't volunteer none of my family. So God knows better than to ask any of us such. Because most of us would say, whoop, 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 I'm going to the back of the line, Lord. I thought you meant miracles. I didn't realize you meant I was going to be the recipient of one. I thought you meant I was going to be the one to do it. So God looks down and he says, uh-huh, you. What if I let you fight a battle of diabetes? Are you strong enough 
and you pray and you cry and you pray and you say, but my God is going to deliver me. Then you go to meetings and other people get healed and you come back still on your insulin. And the devil say, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, see, there, it ain't, it ain't happened for you. And you just might as well remind him, all you got to do, sis, is say one word, yet, yet. It ain't happened yet, but it's going to. I said it ain't happened yet, but it's going to. Well, praise the Lord. Maybe you're here today and say, well, I've been prayed for and I've been prayed for and it ain't come. I had one more word. It ain't come yet, but I'm waiting for it. I don't know when the angel of the Lord's coming through my neighborhood, but I believe he's fixing to pass through. Hallelujah, I don't know when he's gonna do it, but I'm waiting on him. Lord, I'm on your hands. Notice in Revelation chapter five, verse 10, and we'll close here shortly. The voice of the overcomers and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Notice this in the church age book. He redeemed us for a purpose. He bought us for a purpose. We are kings, spiritual kings. We're going, listen, we're going to be kings upon the earth with him when he sits on his throne. But now, we are spiritual kings and we reign over a spiritual kingdom. Praise the Lord. I believe there's some sons and daughters of God sitting in this building today that are already enjoying reigning with the Lord Jesus. Why? Because sin which one time had you bound today is under your feet. Temper that you thought, Lord have mercy, my family, every one of them, they got the office temper ever was, but the grace of God come and now that temper is under your feet. Maybe sexual passion and and whatever more has just about destroyed your entire family and you think, Lord, help me, dear God, it runs in my family. I can see my uncles, I can see my aunts, I can see my grandma, I can see my grandpa. You need to be identified with another family tree. You need to be identified with the family tree of life and you need to say, no, devil, you're not destroying me with lust. You're not destroying me with lying. I am a son or daughter of God. I am already reigning with Jesus Christ in a spiritual kingdom on this earth. You're under my feet. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice this. We are already reigning. He says, for by one man's death reigned excuse me, the death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. By why? Christ Jesus. Oh, think, the Spirit of God living in our souls, helping us to overcome what we thought was impossible. Helping us to live the kind of life that the Lord Jesus is not ashamed to call you brothers sisters. Hmm. All right, sir. Let's bow our heads.
Revelation 20 and 6, blessed is holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Hallelujah. Every one of you today, there ain't nobody knows you like you. You know your ups, your downs, your weaknesses, your failings. I believe the Lord Jesus desires to bring us to a place of victory where we can have a victorious walk. And it's not by our own life, of course, and our own power, but it's his power that lives inside of us. Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, Brother Tim Pruitt sent me a quote this morning. It's just absolutely wonderful. He said that a person can become so full of God's presence and living in the presence of God, and you become drunk on the Holy Ghost, you're drunk every day for the rest of your life. The rest of your life, you're so drunk on the presence of God. I began to think about that, and I thought, you know, Lord, the truth of it is, I guess everybody in this age is drunk on something. It's easy to see a lot of folks are drunk on politics. Some are drunk on religion. Some are drunk on money. Some are drunk on this, that, and other. So if I'm going to have to be drunk on something, I choose the Holy Ghost as my brand. What about you? To be so intoxicated was the word that the prophet used. So intoxicated. You get up intoxicated. You go to bed intoxicated. You're so drunk. Oh, and then I found another statement where it said in Shreveport that he said, may the presence of the Holy Ghost come in this building today in such a way that we'll become so drunk on the Holy Ghost that we forget what our name is. Wow, now wouldn't that be a drunk bunch? We don't even know who we are. We just so lose sight of the things that are around us. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. How many lot to be remembered today as we're gonna pray for you? Just raise your hand to God. Maybe you're lost, you need salvation. Maybe you need sanctification. Maybe you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Many of you, I believe with all of my heart, you've got it already. But maybe you feel like today you need a refilling, a refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Well, i tell you one thing I do. I need a refilling today. I need a refreshing in his presence. Oh, no, I ain't sinning. I ain't running around doing things wrong. But I just give out so much. I'm constantly giving out every day of my life. Day, hour, you know, daylight hours, dark hours, wee hours of the morning. People calling for prayer. People needing this, that, and other. That's what I'm called to do. You need that, call me. That's what I'm here for. But I give out and give out and give out. I need a renewing today. A refilling, Lord. I'm not one bit ashamed to tell you. I need a refilling of your presence, Lord. Oh, Lord God. We worship you here today, Jesus. We magnify your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we just stand our feet? Praise the Lord. I mean, if Jesus wants to pass by this way today and meet your need. No matter what it is, how big it is, insurmountable that it might seem. Let's just open our hearts right now. Now, what I want you to do, I want you to lay hands on that person or just one hand if you wish. Send him by you. And we're going to pray for one another.
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While you're praying for each other, I'm going to go pray for my brother Jewel this morning. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you see our enemy, your enemy, attacked your servant again, Lord. Dear God, by this stroke, we see what you've done for him, Lord, after the first one that he had, and you, you brought a deliverance to him, Lord. We're believing you today, Father. In the name of Jesus, the Spirit of God would move for our brother. As children of God, we join our faith and our prayers together on behalf of our brother Joe. Lord, he's traveled around the world bringing this gospel. How many people have been delivered by him preaching and praying for them? Now he's standing in need today himself, Lord. He needs us to pray for him, Father. We join our faith together right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke every one of these lingering symptoms. May it leave our brother's body in the name of Jesus. Satan, we say to you, you are defeated. Leave our brother in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now you pray for that person standing by you. Father, we have our hands one upon the other right now, Lord. Believe in your word. Dear God, no doubt there's many needs in this building. No doubt many that are streaming, Lord, up in Iceland, Norway, France, and Germany, Africa, all over the world. Lord God, may you go to them, Jesus. May you go to them right now, Father, I pray. Oh, Jesus, may you visit 101 Quail Run. Dear God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, may you stop on your way down. Lord, would you visit Scotty? He's sick today, Lord. Would you visit Ashley? Oh, Lord, there's many that are sick and afflicted and dealing with various things, but Father God, we don't believe that you're short today on healing power. We don't believe you're short today on visiting angels. May the presence of God visit them, Lord. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, may the Holy Ghost fill this place today, Father. May you bring a renewing, may you bring a refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I ask in our Father that sickness would leave the people. I ask that oppression and anxiety, Lord God, that sister that's fighting the battle of cutting herself in the name of Jesus, may it leave her right now. May it go from her. That brother that's fighting lust in the name of Jesus, may it go from him right now, Satan. Bow to the power of Jesus Christ. You are defeated, Satan. In the name of Jesus, come away from the people of God. We are more than conquerors. We are his victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Oh, we bless your holy name, Father. Lord, you who passed through this way last Sunday, dear God, cleared up the the blurred vision of our brother Brad. May you pass through, Lord, and touch others with sugar, with high blood, Lord, with whatever they're dealing with. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you, Lord God. Oh, we bless your mighty name, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let's worship him together, saints. Sing something for us, Harry. Let's just worship him right now. Remember, he inhabits the praise of his people. We need him. We need him to come by 
I need him to come back today. I believe there's many here that need him. You need strength for the journey. Oh, praise the Lord. Come by today, Lord Jesus. We need you, Father, as Bartimaeus of old. Oh, hallelujah. Don't pass me by. Don't pass me by, Jesus. Come this way with healing in your wings, Father. Come this way with deliverance, Lord. Come this way with salvation, Lord. Thank you, Father, for passing by Brother Reed's way. Thank you, Lord God, you loved him so much. You sent a man there to the Waffle House and told him on Friday he was gonna make the most important decision of his life. Hallelujah, I'm still trying to figure out if that was an angel or if it was a man, especially when he asked him what his name was and he said, rich in Christ. Hallelujah, I believe you love your children so much you'll send an angel their way. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, there's people here today that need you just that desperately, Lord God. Send your anointing, send your healing, send your deliverance, Father. We worship you, Lord God. We magnify your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Sing something for us. Harry, let us worship together. With the chisel, maybe you can get us a song ready, brother. Oh, let's just worship him a little bit now. Let's just praise him. Oh, Father, we love you. We magnify your name, Lord God. We worship you today, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord God. You're our deliverer, you're our healer. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Tiskanu, Jehovah our righteousness, Jehovah our banner, Jehovah Shama, our peace, Jehovah our way maker, Jehovah Jireh, hallelujah. Adonai Elohim, the great mighty God, El Shaddai. We worship you today, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Things I could not understand. Hallelujah. Anybody has a need for prayer, we'll be glad to pray with you. Many times in trials, weakness blurred my vision. My frustration gets so out of hand It's then I am reminded I've never been forsaken I've never had to stand one test alone When I look at all the victories The Spirit rises up in me that it's through the fire my weakness is made strong. He never promised that the cross would not be heavy. It would not be hard to climb. He never offered victories without fighting, but he said, Help would always come in time Just remember when you're standing In the valley of decision And the adversary says Give in Just hold on Our Lord will show up And He will take you 
Yes, it's true. There's been days, Lord, when I failed you. Lord, you know the many times I've gone astray. But I've learned your love is stronger than my weakness. Oh, thank and you. And your ears is open. Every time I pray, no one ever cared for me like you, Lord. Could ever be this close to me. I'm not afraid to face the problems of tomorrow.
Every chain, break every chain. 
Psalm 34. Can you put the words Psalm 34 up for us this morning? Amen. You're welcome to stay and pray as long as you want this morning. If you'd like to be dismissed, you can be dismissed. Amen. How many appreciate the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. So glad to have the Chisholm with us this morning. Brother Joel, the rest of the saints with us this morning. Those that are visiting. Amen. Certainly good to have you with us. Amen. Oh, I sought the Lord. And he answered me and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on him are radiant. They'll never be ashamed. They'll never be ashamed. This poor man and the Lord heard me and saved me from my enemies. The Son of God surrounds His saints. He will deliver them. He will deliver them. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt His The Lord is good. Oh, blessed is he who hides in him. Oh, fear the Lord. Oh, all ye saints who give you everything, who give you everything. Oh, magnify the Lord. Exalt His name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name forever. Oh, let us bless the Lord every day and night.
Done. 